Albert Einstein, Richard Branson, Bill Gates, John F. Kennedy, Tony Robbins, Michael Phelps, Will Smith. That sounds like a list of highly successful titans in a variety of industries. What else do they have in common? Well, they all have ADHD, but you don't hear much about that, do you? You know what you hear even less about? The successful women navigating ADHD. And that's exactly why I started this podcast, ADHD for Smartass Women. I'm your host, Tracy Otsuka. I'm an attorney, not a doctor, a lifelong student, not a coach. I'm also the creator of Cortography, a patent-pending system that helps people like you figure out what they should do with their life. And we're here today to talk ADHD, your superpowers, your symptoms, your workarounds, and how you proudly stand out instead of trying to fit in. I credit my ADHD for some of my greatest superpowers. And you know what? I spy a happier life for you too. So without further ado, a shiny new episode is starting now. Hello, hello. I am Tracy Atsuka, and I want to welcome you to episode two of ADHD for Smartass Women. Today, I wanted to talk about ADHD in kids. Number one, because I think the mental health of our families is at stake. I just think this is such an important topic that we're educated on the subject and that we all band together and get the word out. But number two, I also think that by learning about ADHD in kids, we're able to piece together more of our own adult ADHD journey. So like most of the world, my husband and I had heard of ADHD. Um, Kids who couldn't sit still, they talked incessantly, they couldn't make or keep friends, they constantly got into trouble. I always had this image of a seven-year-old boy trying to escape out of the classroom window. Never in our wildest imaginations did we ever think that this could be our son, Marcus. Marcus was confident. He was funny. He was one of those kids that everybody loved. I often would spot him on the playground and he'd be like the little Pied Piper. He'd be first in line and there would be all these kids following him. Kids loved him. He was the life of the party. Teachers loved him. But beyond all that, he was enormously smart. He chattered all the time about everything he learned. He was so motivated. You know, he just loved school. He loved learning. He loved the world. In fact, one of his teachers told us, his kindergarten teacher, that she had never seen a child that had a greater joy for learning. Anyway, Marcus and my daughter, Atea, went to a fairly strict Catholic school. They had lots of homework. And Atea is about three and a half years older than Marcus. She was always top of her class, and Marcus seemed to be following in her footsteps. And then fourth grade came, and the struggle started with math. In this fairly strict Catholic school, fourth graders weren't required to just do 10 math problems or 15 math problems. They were required to do 30 math problems every single day, Monday through Friday. And Marcus would be totally fine for the first 10, and he'd actually do quite well in them. But once we got past 10, it was a constant struggle. It was a battle. Teachers started making comments to us. How could a child as bright as Marcus be so unmotivated? 
He wouldn't do his homework. He wouldn't prepare for tests. I think in his entire life, I've maybe seen him study for 20 minutes maximum. There were days where Marcus would come home with A's and other days it would be C's or worse. He was consistently inconsistent and none of it made any sense to us. He was so articulate and engaged and we were all convinced that the only disorder Marcus had was laziness and we told him this regularly. Like the rest of the world, we thought we knew what ADHD was and we didn't have a clue. And since then, I've made it my mission to educate anyone who will listen, because I believe that our school system is failing our kids by literally sucking out their joy, energy, and confidence. So what's ADHD? Well, it's not like many believe a disorder of modern life. You know, it's not caused by social media or video games or TV, and none of those things are causing shorter attention spans either. You know, granted, we have more media that you can distract yourself with. The thing is that people with ADHD are the ones who tend to talk on their phones more. They play more video games. They text more. They use social media more. That's not because these things caused their ADHD. It's because they're engaging. So people with ADHD are more likely to be attracted to them. ADHD, which stands for Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, and I personally think it's misnamed. I don't think the problem is that we have a deficit of attention. I think it's that we have a surplus of attention. There are just so many things that we want to pay attention to, and we're never sure what to focus on first. So ADHD is about so much more than not being able to sit still and pay attention. It's a neurobiological disorder of the brain's ability to self-regulate that affects anywhere from 5 to 9% of children. Today, we have brain scans, genetic studies, and twin studies that support the fact that the brains of kids with ADHD are significantly different. Still, we also have a lack of belief in science, so there is so much misinformation out there today. 99.9% .9 of reputable medical professionals and scientists will attest to the existence of ADHD, but you get one of them who disputes it, and that's who the media runs to because what they're saying is somehow more interesting than what the consensus is. Despite all this, the existence and impact of ADHD has been validated for years by the National Institute of Health, the U.S. Surgeon General, the American Medical Association, and the American Psychiatry Association. ADHD, it's largely inherited. In fact, it's about as heritable as height. So if you as a parent have ADHD, there's a 50% chance that your children will also inherit the ADHD trait. Symptoms or traits can and may include, and I'm gonna read you a list here, inconsistency in grades often in the same subject, an inability to remember what you're doing, Disorganized bedrooms, lockers, binders. You know, my son, he would do his homework and then he would lose it or forget to turn it in. An inability to plan ahead. Procrastination. Constantly moving and fidgeting. As an adult, this often morphs into a restlessness of the mind rather than a restlessness of the body. An inability to set goals and reach them unless the goal involves something that you're really passionate about. An inability to regulate your emotions. 
difficulty making transitions. So stopping something you love to do or starting something you don't want to do. Think of video games. Making careless mistakes, an inability to pay attention to details, an inability to focus. Difficulty listening when spoken to directly. Having great ideas, but absolutely no follow-up. Failing to finish tasks. Difficulty in organizing tasks and activities, often losing things, distractibility, forgetfulness, and inability to sit still or play quietly, talking excessively. A difficulty waiting for his or her turn, interrupting or intruding on others, no understanding of personal space, saying exactly what's on your mind. Then there's impulsivity a lack of self-control. You know, you want to be the you want to do the first thing that pops into your head. There's also emotional impulsiveness. Many kids with ADHD, they're not able to regulate normal emotion. But this isn't a mood disorder. These kids have the same amount of emotion as children without ADHD. It's an inability to self-calm. They can't control their emotions. Now, prior to having children and even after the birth of my daughter, my husband and I believed that self-control was a lesson that you taught to your kids through good parenting. You know, we kind of, not kind of, we totally had our nose up in the air. We had our daughter first, and she was so easy. Every single time someone gave her something, you would hear a thank you. Every time she requested something, you would hear a please. She did what we taught her to do. She did what we asked her to do. And we really thought that her perfect manners and her great grades at school and her ability to literally just lock herself in a room for five hours at a time to study for an exam, that was because of our fabulous parenting. Of course, then we had our son, Marcus. Marcus, however, was completely different from the time he was a baby or a toddler. We would be chasing him around restaurants. We would be chasing him up and down the, the aisle at church, he literally challenged us at every turn. When we asked him to say thank you or please, he would ignore us. We'd have to ask him 10 times over and then, you know, cajole him into saying it. If he didn't want to do it, he didn't do it. And this is what stunned me. I thought self-control was learned, but self-control isn't learned. It is a neurobiological trait. These kids are born the way they are. So my daughter's wonderful manners had little, if anything, to do with my husband's and my perfect parenting. Now, how do I know this for sure? Well, I know it because Marcus and Ateo were raised exactly the same way, yet they came out very differently. So this is what you have to know about self-control, okay? So self-control comes from being able to stop and wait. It comes from being able to visualize the past and to think ahead so you don't continue to make the same mistakes over and over again. So having hindsight and foresight. Self-control comes from having a voice in your head that helps you control yourself and manage your emotions. Now in children with ADHD, all of these are delayed. And guess what? If you can't manage your emotions, you can't manage your motivations. You can't motivate yourself. So you're always dependent on your immediate environment and whatever consequences your parents or teachers set up for you to get things done right then and there. This is why my son could play video games for hours at a time. 
but he couldn't do 15 minutes of homework. As Russell Barkley says, and he is one of the foremost authorities on kids and ADHD, video games provide external, continuous, 100% consequences when interacting with them. When you're doing homework and you solve a problem on a sheet of paper, nothing happens. The consequences for not doing the homework, well, they're delayed, right? So if you have no hindsight and you have no foresight and they're, you know, you're basically thinking that there's two time frames, there's now and not now, you also don't have any concept of time. It's why kids and adults with ADHD were often chronically late because two hours can feel like 15 minutes to us. ADHD, it is not a problem with willpower or character. It is a neurobiological challenge. ADHD also has nothing to do with intelligence. In fact, most people with ADHD have significantly higher than average IQs. Smart kids, however, without social problems like my son, Marcus, are the ones who tend to fall through the cracks. You know, they're not flunking out. They're not a discipline problem. And so the only thing that's going on is they're just not performing to their full potential. They're competent, but a teacher telling them that this is important, you have to learn it. Or a parent telling them this is important, you have to do it, means nothing to them. Because ADHD brains are wired for interest, not importance. What you think is important to an ADHD child is irrelevant to that child because they already know what's important to them. Now, if you also have a kid that gets along well with other children and is well-liked, no one ever thinks that they may have ADHD. So what's the key with a smart child with ADHD? Well, my son, Marcus, he's now 16 and he is obsessed with music. Specifically, hip-hop music, which honestly wouldn't be something that I would choose for him. But I've noticed that he's really creative, and he's a great freestyler. He's good with words. He's a good writer. He doesn't want us to get involved in his hip-hop music at all. In fact, he has a part-time job, and he works to pay to produce his own music. He creates beats. He writes lyrics. He found his producer all on his own. We had nothing to do with any of this. We had nothing to do with him creating his own music. He's connected on his own with all kinds of hip-hop artists in our area. He coordinates all his own social media. This is a kid who forgets to do his homework. And when he does it, he forgets to turn it in. But he can plan. He can strategize. He can organize. He can initiate. He can set goals when he's interested. You know, these are executive functioning tasks. Kids with ADHD, they're not supposed to be able to do these things, you know? Again, Marcus is wired for interest. He's not wired for importance. What his teachers decide is important that he learned is of no consequence to him. You know, these kind of kids, they're so authentic. It's probably why they often say things most people only think and get themselves into trouble. You know, they can't fake it. And so the fact that his teacher or we think something's important, he just could care less because it's not important to him. And, you know, I've heard parents say, but my kid isn't interested in anything. You know what? We are all interested in something. 
what they mean is my kid isn't interested in what I'm interested in. My kid is interested in hip hop music. So you're probably thinking most people focus much better when they're interested in something, right? I mean, of course that's true. But what sets us ADHDers apart is the number of symptoms that we have, the severity of the symptoms, and how long the symptoms have persisted. When it comes to ADHD, it's not that these kids won't focus, it's that they literally can't, no matter how important it is. And there's a really important reason for this, and I want to talk to you about it. It's called dopamine. So when you engage in tasks that really interest you, your brain is flooded with dopamine. And this is what helps you stay focused. And this is what helps you stay motivated. Now, this whole motivation process, it's not under our voluntary control, even though I always thought it was. So when my son Marcus is forced to focus on something he doesn't care about, something he's not interested in, it's almost impossible for him to manufacture the incentive to make it happen. This is why there is one major thing that parents and educators can do to ensure the success and happiness of kids with ADHD. And that is they can work with them to pinpoint their values, their strengths, their aptitudes, and their interests. You know, once these kids have unearthed something they're really passionate about, encourage the hell out of them. And remember, it's not what you think is interesting. It's what they're interested in, even if it's hip hop. Now, the second most important decision you're going to make in life, regardless of who you are, but especially if you have ADHD, is what you'll do for work. So again, it's really important for you to help that child figure out what is it that you're passionate about. What is it that you're interested in? What is it that that child can hyper-focus on for hours? So Marcus is now at a new school, a high school. And what they do is they teach every subject they can through the lens of what that particular teenager is interested in. So if Marcus loves music, they're going to teach English, math, science, history through music every chance that they get. You know, I think that our school system, certainly our public school system, but private schools too, was basically built to prepare kids for the 20th century industrialized economy. You know, the goal was to create obedient, compliant workers. It wasn't created for kids to actually learn. And the problem is that ADHD kids, they're so authentic that I believe they know this. And they also know that there's so much opportunity out there that is more fitting to their skills. They see school as a waste of their time. They know they're never going to fit in, and they likely don't want to ever fit in. This is my big worry, though. You know, when those with ADHD are interviewed as adults, they state that the symptoms of their ADHD are minor when compared to the damage that they receive to their confidence from parents, teachers, and the school system. That is a sobering comment. So since... We're all about the positives. I want to talk about the positives of ADHD and kids with ADHD. So kids with ADHD are intensely creative, out-of-the-box thinkers. They have an ability to connect ideas quickly and effortlessly. They have incredible passion when there's something they're interested in. And they have a desire to take risks because they're impulsive, right? I mean, that's why my son said, you know what? I'm going to network with all the hip-hop artists that I can, and I'm just going to jump in and do this thing. They also have an ability to focus on better and new ways 
of doing things. We're all about positives here. So what I want to talk about are the positives of kids with ADHD. So kids with ADHD are incredibly creative, out-of-the-box thinkers. They have an ability to connect ideas quickly and effortlessly. They have incredible passion when there's something that they're actually interested in. And they have a desire to take risks because they're impulsive, right? They're also able to focus on better and new ways of doing things. In fact, a child with ADHD is six times more likely to become an entrepreneur than the average person. These are fearless starters and leaders, future leaders who jump in feet first and figure out the details later. These kind of kids sound like the founders of a lot of billion dollar companies to me. And those with ADHD, you know what? We don't think linearly. And this is a personality trait that Richard Branson credits his success to. Why should we care about kids who have ADHD? Well, I think we should care because ADHD can be serious and life-threatening when not diagnosed and when not treated properly. So I'm going to give you some stats again from Richard Barkley that truly are just depressing. But I think it's so important that we hear these and we know about them. So children with untreated ADHD are three times more likely than children without ADHD to die before the age of 46. They're sexually active earlier than the non-ADHD population. Again, remember, they're impulsive. As adults, people with ADHD are five times more likely to speed and three times more likely to have their licenses revoked than other people. 68% of girls with ADHD are involved in a pregnancy by the time they turn 19. That's 68% of girls, and most girls are not diagnosed. Over time, girls with untreated ADHD, they have more anxiety and depression and binge eating disorders, while boys are more likely to exhibit conduct disorder, antisocial criminal behavior, and drug use. Both sexes have four times the likelihood of being in an automobile accident than their non-ADHD peers. Now, I think these kids, they're at the forefront of a brand new world. And it bothers me that they can't be successful in our current school system or that it's so difficult for them to often be successful. You know, our current system, it's set up to follow rules and memorize facts. And it's set up to test only two of the seven different types of intelligences. So if you can't memorize facts and spit them up on a test, these kids grow up to think that they're stupid. And the deal is that we're not preparing kids for the military or the industrial revolution today. The jobs our kids will do, you know what? They haven't even been invented today. What that means is we can no longer afford to teach our children what to think. We must teach them how to think if they will ever be able to compete in the global economy. What if we built our education system around these kids' interests? If we had more schools that would attempt to do this. You know, one of the things that scientists now agree upon is that one of our biggest strengths as ADHDers is ideation. We are idea machines. We have the ability to take disparate concepts and combine them to come up with interesting ways of solving problems in this world. 
What if we turned our kids' unique brain wiring into the most treasured asset that we have? You know, our job as parents is to react to our kids' passions and talents. What we want is irrelevant. It's their life, not ours. As always, you are listening to ADHD for Smartass Women. If you have a comment to this podcast, please feel free to contact me. If you like what you're hearing, I would love if you would drop a review. If you have a guest you'd like me to interview, or if you have a topic idea that you feel would be a good topic for us to cover, feel free to reach out to me at Tracy at tracyatsika.com. Thanks for listening, and I will see you next week. You've been listening to the ADHD for Smartass Women podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Atsuka, and we're available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play. If you liked what you heard, we sure would appreciate a review. And not coincidentally, ADHD for Smartass Women, well, that's also the name of our free Facebook group. Go look it up. We're a totally smart-ass community of successful, ambitious women who share our ADHD wins, questions, and workarounds. We'd love to have you join us. You can also find all my details over at tracyoutsuka.com. Don't forget, I spy a happier life for us, and I'll see you again next week.